It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, August 18th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I'm going to be joined by Jonah Booker in just a moment. We are 18 days away for from Ohio. Excuse me, not 18 days. We are 15 days away from Ohio State's opener. A week and two days, or a week, excuse me, <laughs> two weeks and one day away from uh, the Buckeyes opener against Indiana. Can't wait. 15 days away. Before we bring in Jay Book, I'm going to let you guys know about our sponsor. We're thrilled to be partners with them, manscaped.com. It is the nation's number one company for men's grooming, and this is it's a reason this company has blown up like it has. It's an absolute great company. I'm a customer. I love it, and because of the Bucknuts Morning 5, you can go to manscaped.com. You can use the code Bucknuts. You can get 20% off of any order and free shipping. So go to manscaped.com, use code Bucknuts, get 20% off and free shipping. Again, I uh, highly recommend it. I have many friends, family members who use it. We have staff members of Bucknuts, and uh, it gets high reviews across the board. So go to manscaped.com, use code Bucknuts, get 20% off and free shipping. Gotta love that. So unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, let's talk some football. Let's bring in Jonah Booker. All right, they have a scrimmage tomorrow. Then they're going to be two weeks away from the season opener. I finally got that right, I think. Um so I feel like so Ryan Day is going to meet with us on Monday. If I had, if I was a betting man, Jay Book, I think he's going to name a starter on Monday. I don't know if that's definitely going to happen, but I, that's my bet. Um, do you, when do you think he's going to name a starter? And more importantly, who do you think the starter will be? Yeah, I think it's going to be Monday, Dave. Um, today or Saturday is moving day when it comes to the scrimmage. I'm sure they have enough data points up here, but this right here is an important scrimmage for a lot of those guys that are pretty much neck and neck. Uh, so Monday, I do think we will hear who the quarterback is. You ask me who do I think is going to be? To be honest, I have no idea, Dave. I I have no idea right now, and I know that's a cop out answer, but it's a it's an honest truth. I don't know who is going to be the starting quarterback because depending on who you listen to, you know, some days Kyle seems like he has a good day. Some days it sounds like Devin uh, is the guy. So I think it's just going to be a matter of, all right, we're heading to Indiana. Do we feel comfortable with the guy? 
I do feel um, comfortable saying this, Dave. Whoever they decide the starting quarterback is, everybody, as far as Buckeye Nation, get behind this kid. I'm sure there's fractions of the fan base that wants Devin or, or wants Kyle. To me, it really doesn't matter. I just want whoever's going to win the job, lace them up, let's go play some football, go out there and put a butt whooping on Indiana, and, and then we can all look back, cheer as a fan base and say, hey, Ryan Day made the right decision because the thing with me, Dave, I trust Ryan Day and Corey Dennis to make the right decision. Their quarterback development has been impeccable. So when those guys uh, make the decision, I'm going to roll with them because I think whoever that starting quarterback is going to be is going to put up big numbers. So there's a lot of rumors out there um, that, um, that Devin Brown has the job. I mean, we had somebody that just asked about that. I lost. There's a lot of comments in here. Um, are you buying that, that Devin Brown has already won the job or, or is in the driver's seat? That that could be the speculation. I mean, I know somebody claimed that they were at the country music concert, parked at the parking lot, was peeking through the fences, being nosy, and Devin Brown was supposedly getting a lot of reps with the first team. So who knows? It could be right up there with the whole blimp story that Ohio State's buying. So you know. You never know what the truth is nowadays, uh, but there's been a lot of speculation that Devin Brown could be the guy. Uh, but like I said earlier, we don't know. I think we'll find out on Monday. I do believe that the scrimmage this Saturday is going to be a big, a big point. The thing with it is, Dave, is you just have to sit back and say, "All right, what are we? What's the circumstances here? We have uh, Kyle McCord, who's a veteran guy." who's waited his turn. He has a rapport with, with CJ, or I'm sorry, with uh, Marvin. And CJ had talked about that when he was interviewed with the Houston Texans that he thought that Kyle had waited his turn. And he actually learned a lot from Kyle. So you got your veteran leadership. Then you got your younger guy, a lot of people believe has to hire upside. If he's the starting quarterback, you're going to get two years from him, guaranteed probably brings a little bit more mobility to the table. The thing that you have to ask is what type of offense does Ryan Day want? Does he want more of a Dwayne Haskins type of offense or does he want something similar to when Justin Fields was the quarterback? When Fields was the quarterback, he was able to utilize the quarterback's legs. I personally felt that unlocked the cheat code to this offense because you had a quarterback that can throw for 4,000 yards. You had a ton of wide receivers uh, to be able to get the football to. And then when the defense isn't accounting for the quarterback's legs, that's when you when you really make that defense pay, when you have to account for the quarterback's legs. So it's just up to them to decide what type of offense that they want to run. I have a comment here. Um, from, this is from Brad on Facebook. He said, the problem is it doesn't sound like a good problem, but a bad one. That's why I think it's taking this long to name a starter. He says, the word has been out that both haven't been looking good. I don't know, Brad, if that's entirely true. You could be onto something. When I've been out there, I, I haven't seen – it's it, somewhere in between. It's not like, oh, wow, he's picking between two Heisman candidates and he doesn't know. He's got two great quarterbacks and that's – he can't pick between them. They're that great. And it's not, oh, these guys are, are – neither one of these guys could get the job done. It's somewhere yeah. in between. Um, when I've been out there, there's been times you're like, oh, wow, that was a great play by a common court. That was a great throw by Devin Brown. You can see the athleticism. And then there's been erratic throws, bad decisions. Um, I think it's somewhere in between there, Jay Book. How do you view it? Do you feel like, do you agree with um, 
with Brad from Facebook that it's a bad problem to have? Where are you at on that? No, I, I don't find it um, a bad problem to have. I just think that you have two talented guys and they're trying to make the right decision. This is the thing people have to understand, Dave. This is a decision that is going to potentially change the forecast of the entire football program. This is not a small decision. If you look at the history of the starting quarterback at Ohio State, you're deciding who's probably going to be a multimillionaire. So you look at Justin, Dwayne, CJ, all of those guys were, you know, top 20 quarterbacks picked in the draft, made millions of dollars. Whoever's the starting quarterback, this is a decision that Ryan Day is going to make that could potentially create generational wealth for that kid. So it's not an easy decision. You look at Brian Hartline, he, when the Big Ten Network was there, they interviewed him. I thought some things that he said was fascinating. He said, one, they're looking for someone who's going to take leadership uh, over this team, who's going to be able to command the offense in and out of the huddle. And two, I thought it was fascinating. Brian Hartline said they do not like 50-50 quarterbacks, meaning a guy that's up, down, up, down. He said 50-50 quarterbacks makes them nervous. Now, if you want to lean into those words, a lot of people said that's he's probably describing Devin Brown because Devin Brown has been described as your bucking Bronco, a guy that can make the absolutely wild plays that would just blow your mind and then turn right back around and make a, hey, what in the world type of throw was that type of decision making? So you can you can lean into that any way that you want to. I just think that Right now, you have two quality kids. They're going to make the decision coming up, but it's not a small decision. It's going to impact the the future of the program. One kid probably can decide that they're going to leave the program. Um, so who knows, you know, how, what they're thinking is. But I know that there's a lot of things that's going on with that decision. Joe Philbin's also being involved with this, the analyst from the Miami Dolphins. So getting his input, nobody really knows what he sees from an NFL perspective. Uh, so getting his input is also going to be a layer that's thrown in there. So I'm excited, Dave. Whoever it is, I'm rolling with him. Let's go. Let's go to Indiana, and let's get this bad boy started in a couple weeks. That's damn right. 15 days away. I started the show off saying it was 18 days away. <laughs> no, they're not going to play on a Tuesday. It's actually 15 days away, Bucknutters. Uh, yeah, it'll slip up to begin the show there. If we weren't doing it live, I just want to cut that. We would have started. That would have been take two. But we're live. Can't do take two. <laughs> when you're live so i just kept it rolling i'm curious to get your thoughts on this so we're over there yesterday and i'm sure you saw all the the interviews with the defensive lineman and larry johnson and larry was last i always enjoyed talking with lj um and you know but i walked away thinking wow is lj he seemed a little defensive when asked about the paring down of the rotation on the defensive line um and even though the headline of the show is, is Jim Knowles and Larry Johnson, one of the headlines is, are they not on the same page? Really, that would be Ryan Day and Larry Johnson not being on the same page because it was Ryan Day who said a Big Ten media day, we're going to pare down the rotation on the defensive line. And he explained why he wants to do that. Yeah, you want to keep guys fresh, but on big moments and big games, you want your best players out there. And so he seemed pretty defensive about that, LJ did. And he seemed very defensive about the jack position, which I don't really don't put much – Credence into that. First of all, they don't even use the jack much. Reminds me when they talk about using like the the triangle or whatever it was or whatever it was called a, a few years ago that they never used on offense back in the trestle days. They hardly even used the jack, and it's a linebacker. But I did walk away from their J book thinking LJ was overly defensive. Then I got home, read social media, read Bucknuts. Everybody was like LJ was super defensive. So I want to get your take on that. 
Well, his his actions and his demeanor speaks volumes, Dave. You, you know, you ask, are they on the same page? If they were all on the same page, Dave, there wouldn't be any type of defense mechanism that came up from LJ. So his actions alone tells you, hey, they, they may not be on the same page. Larry's one of those guys, and I've heard it from several people who've been around the program, that he is very, very stubborn. Um, Larry has been in the game for so many years that he has so many NFL draft picks produced at a high level for so long that he believes his way is the way to do it. And he doesn't like people meddling with his defensive line. So when Ryan Day says he wants to shorten the rotation, that right there probably bugs Larry because Larry's probably like, oh, I don't want Mike Hall out there 50, 70 snaps a game. Whereas in reality, I don't think Day's saying, hey, all it, play these guys until they actually drop. I think it needs to be more about situation awareness, Dave. So if you're down there on the goal line and it's a, it's a go-ahead touchdown against Michigan or somebody, I need my ones out there. I need my first-team unit out there. I don't need, uh, you know, um, Javante Jean-Baptiste out there trying to set the edge when we need to get off the field. Instead of having the second-team rotation in there, you have to be more aware, Larry, of where you're at in the field, the circumstances in the game. When you got to get off the field, JT Tuamalo should not be sitting on the sidelines. You need to have him pinning his ears back and getting after the quarterback. Um, so I'm, I'm just, I just think that the, the, the flame is getting low with Larry, uh, Dave. We love Larry, but when you're in this situation, you're this far along into your career, you look, how, you look at how good this defensive line could be. It makes me nervous, and I'm going to say this now, it makes me nervous that he is not on the same page with the head coach in Jim Knowles. We all talked about it last year. Um, we thought that Jim Knowles and Larry, and they even had kind of a back and forth. Do you remember that press conference last year where they kind of had like a back and forth talking about the Jack position where Larry was like, no, I don't want Jack Sawyer playing the Jack position. He needs to be playing his natural position. And him and him and Jim was going back and forth with each other last year. And I felt like, wait a second, that's red flags right there to where these guys are going back and forth in front of the media. So that tells you kind of what they're what's going on behind closed doors. And this is on Ryan Day. And I like Ryan Day a lot. And I know it's it's tough. You got a legend in Larry Johnson, but if he's not listening to your marching orders, that's on you as the head coach to make sure he is listening to your marching orders. Yeah, he's you might be half his age almost, you know, and uh, it's, I know that's got to be tough for Coach Day. When he cleaned house, you know, the other year, a couple years ago on defense, what did he do? He cleaned house except for LJ. Okay, so right. he kept, he. a lot of people said if you're going to clean house, you should have just cleaned house altogether. But then we all know, I mean, I talked to these young defensive linemen like Kenyatta Jackson and some of these guys. What's the main is we've mentioned many times. What's the main reason you picked Ohio State? Larry Johnson. So I understand why why Day kept him. He's a legend. Yeah. Um, but this is on Ryan Day, isn't it, Jay Book? He's got to figure this out. It is. And as Sue and everybody in the chat said, they're saying right now, Larry Johnson was 100 percent correct about Jack Sawyer. Jack Sawyer had no business playing the Jack position. He belongs with his hand in the dirt, getting after the quarterback. He is not a Jack. Um, and I just I thought it was fascinating that Larry yesterday asked by I think it was the legendary Tim May was asking him about the Jack position. And Larry was like, I don't coach him. I don't coach those guys. So, you know, Mitchell Melton, those those type of guys who are potentially playing the Jack position. 
I can see where Larry could be upset to where he's saying, all right, we want this kid to reach his full potential. But a guy like Mitchell Melton, who hasn't played a lot of football, he's 50-50 right now. He's playing a little bit in the defense end. He's going, uh, learning the jack position. And I just think that if you look at the Hall State roster, in order for them to properly utilize the jack position, I think you absolutely need to recruit those type of bodies. So the understanding coming in is, no, no, you're not defensive in. You're coming here to play the, the jack position. So I know they talk about having C.J. Hicks experimenting uh, with the jack. Uh, you look at the kid that they brought in from Indiana, who was a former LSU commit last year. He's the jack position. Arville Reese, uh, they talked about him. He's going to have to make a decision. Does he want to stay at defense end? Does he want to go to the linebacker? I think his body position is going to um, – lead him potentially to the jack position. The one thing that you don't want to see, Dave, is guys being wasted. I thought Jack Sawyer was 100% wasted last year, even though he led the team in sacks. The last thing that you want to see is have another Baron Browning type of situation to where the coaches cannot figure out where to play this kid. He's extremely talented, but they screwed up his career because they was moving kids back and forth, back and forth, and they never really got to settle down at one position and flourish and utilize their skills. One guy who will not be playing the jack position is Tywone Malone, but I feel like we're not talking about him enough. He looks really good at defensive tackle. I was curious to see what would happen between for that last spot on the two deep at D tackle, you know, presuming that you know, the top three are set in whatever order with Mike Hall, Ty Hamilton, Tyleek Williams. I was curious, would it be Tywone Malone? Would it be Hero Canoe? I thought that'd be a pretty good battle. Sounds like it's not been a good battle. Sounds like Malone's coming ready to roll. And Canoe looks good to me. Still just a redshirt freshman, still raw. But Malone looks ready to roll, man. Looks like he has a solidified a spot on that two deep at D-tackle. Yeah, he's a great pickup. Um, I think it's, it's huge for him to be able to play the three technique, Dave. Uh, listening to his interview, that's his natural position. I believe he said some, uh, when he was down at Oak Miss, a lot of times they had him out in the five technique, six technique, not really playing over the guard. That's his natural home. So using his speed, his athleticism to be able to uh, push that pocket, collapse that pocket, it's going to play big. They needed another big 300-pound guy playing next to Mike Hall. I, I'm really bullish on the defensive tackles. If they can get Tyleek back healthy, let Tyleek – give me 20, 25 plays as hard as you can, Tyleek, and then we'll ro rotate in another beast like Tyron Malone. Let him go as hard as he can, and if that's the case, uh, I think this, this defensive line is going to be uh, hell on wheels, Dave, because if you look at them, Dave, you got a, a bunch of 300-plus defensive tackles. They've really gotten bigger up front when it comes to your guys that are on the two deep. Hamilton, I think Hamilton's like 295, 298, so he's right up there. He's going to be in that two deep as well. And I saw a picture of Hero Canoe. My goodness. <laughs> he looks like an absolute animal. Like, you, you see – he wrote Canoe, and they talked about how he's transferred. He's transformed his body. I don't know if he, how much rep he's going to get, but I think this defensive tackle rotation, it's going to be solid. The big thing is for me is they're much bigger up front. They're going to be able to stop the run. But Taiwan Malone, massive, massive pickup out of the portal. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I've been uh, – I mean, obviously he was a big-time recruit. Buckeyes finished as the bridesmaid in that one. They uh, – and then LJ brought him back. LJ got him back. It's another LJ. I mean, would Tywin Malone be here right now if not for Larry Johnson? Probably not. Probably right. not. 
All right, another guy I want to ask you about on the defensive line is Tyleek Williams. I keep saying he has star potential. I don't know, man. I mean, he um, we're hearing right now probably he'll be a, he'll back up at the, the top backup. Um, what 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 do you expect out of Tyleek this year? I think the only person that can stop Tyleek from from being a potential first round draft pick is Tyleek Day. Like it's that simple. Like he's one of those kids that you look at him and you say tremendous talent. Can he put it together? I, I view Tyleek as, okay, if you want to play at a high level, play an elite level, it's going to be up to you. I think Larry Johnson and those guys, they're doing everything they can to try to um, motivate Tyleek. If you remember last year in Camp Dave, Tyleek, they had Tyleek running with the twos and the threes, trying to motivate him to pick it up. <coughs> Excuse me. So I just think that um, if he can put it together, he has the potential. I'm afraid, Dave, that we may look back at Tyleek's career and look at what he's doing in the NFL and say he's one of those guys that are that's better in the professional ranks than he was in college. And you see it all the time. Uh, sometimes the light comes on a little bit later. So I, I'm hoping that Tyleek can be motivated. He's back from that injury, uh, knee injury he said that he has sustained early in the camp. Um, so if his attitude is right and he's right there, uh, clear mind, focused, dialed in, ready to fight with his brothers, then I think Tyleek's going to have a major impact. But at the end of the day, it's going to be up to Tyleek what type of player he wants to be. I was going to finish the show talking about the offensive line. That's exactly what we're going to do. And we have Chad from uh, YouTube popped in a question right before I was going to segue to that. So Chad thinking along right with us. Chad, he said, uh, JB and David, love your take on the late switch, switch with Josh. Simmons moving to left tackle and flipping Fryer back to right tackle. Josh Jimmy Simmons. He does. He is Josh Simmons, but it's just like a nickname within the team is Jimmy. So we're going to call him Josh Simmons, Josh Jimmy Simmons, whatever. Um, yeah, Jay Buck, I am curious to get your take on that. What do you feel like? Uh, what's your confidence level in Simmons at left tackle? I keep saying, man, if he can be a good left tackle, he didn't have to be elite, although elite would be fine with me. If he can be a good starting left tackle, I feel like the other pieces are going to fall into place with this offensive line. But to answer your question, answer the question, what do you feel like? Uh, how do you feel about uh, Simmons at left tackle and Josh Fryer at right tackle? I feel good about it. Uh, you look at Fryer. Remember when Dewan Jones missed a couple games last year, Dave, and Fryer was out there? I thought Fryer looked really good. Um, and replacing DeWan Jones when he was able to get out there. I thought Fryer did a heck of a job getting to the second level whenever he was able to play. I think right tackle is his more natural spot. And Simmons, if you listen to the coaches, they think he's been doing a heck of a job on that left side. So I feel comfortable what we're seeing from that starting offensive line. So if you got Simmons on the left, I think you're going to have your two – you obviously got your two guards – um, and then I think it's going to be Carson Hensman, who's your starting center. I think he's going to end up winning that position and fire on the right side. I feel really good now, Dave, about that starting offensive line. Is now They're now at the point that they've identified those top five guys. Okay, let's jail. Let's come together. Let's build that rapport, the communication. And if you listen to those guys, Carson Hensman talked. He said there are times in practice where that starting offensive line, they've been dominant. I know a lot of people talk about uh, some of the things that have been going wrong with the offensive line, but from what I've been hearing is, is not necessarily that the second team defensive line has been horrible. It's that when they're all together going against the first team defensive line, that's when you obviously are going to see some type of issues. But as far as the first team unit, 
those guys, I think they're going to be rock solid. And if you listen to those players interview, they've had their times in practice where they've got the best of the defensive line, which makes me happy to hear. Makes me happy to hear too. And I, you know, I, I wasn't sure what to make of, of Simmons because I think he had a good year at right tackle last year as a redshirt freshman at San Diego State. He graded kind of low because of pre-snap penalties. Um, hopefully they can clean that up. I thought, you know, the little I watched of film, I thought he looked pretty good um, last year, really good. Um, so it's good to see that he's uh, at left tackle. I think Josh Fryer's a great fit at right tackle through his long arms, big guy, 6'6", 313. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm yeah. with you. I'm feeling suddenly good about the O-line. Great <laughs> stuff as always from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Thanks for the questions and comments. And just thanks for listening to the Bucknuts Morning 5 Monday through Friday. Really appreciate you guys. Thanks again to Jay Book. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.